Live at Bar Canada inside the D Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Three o'clock hour on a Monday. You heard of Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is on today. Didn't know if he'd make it out of the weekend. Tumultuous weekend. Angel is down at the D as well. Back in our Finley Toyota studios is Ari. Let's do it. It's time for the three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. We come out with some NBA news, and we're about five minutes away from getting into uh, what was an interesting UFC event, but really interesting Saturday lead-up to the UFC event for one Dana White and Adam Hill and the local paper. Little tumult. Little tumult. Uh, but what's going on with the Clippers and Boogie Cousins? He's had a couple of 10-day contracts. Has played okay. Uh, hasn't blown up the world or anything like that, but he's rebounding pretty well, scoring on occasion uh, for the Clippers. And they have decided, you know what? This is a piece that will be helpful. Going to keep him around the rest of the year. Good for him. I mean, he keeps getting you know deals here and there. He keeps hanging on. It's been a brutal run through some some tough injuries that have really cost him some massive contracts and My some God. opportunities. but there, there is a stark reality here that, as you just said, the amount of money he lost, because he was going to get one final big contract somewhere. Yeah. And between knee and Achilles, his freaking – he's made a lot of money. But, sure. like, that, that final deal that you get, and he was going to get – he was going to be one of the rare big men to get – big men's – big man <laughs> to get that final deal. He is a big men's because he's gigantic. Uh, true, he's multiple. Sucks. He's huge. Yeah, and, and – so, I mean, I think, you know. I know and, and the other thing I like is he's on a winner. He's on a winner? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, tr- that's true, and it's good for him. It's just, like, you look at him, and he, you do look at him as a, a sad case because of the money that he, that he, left, that he missed out on uh, and the completely unfortunate injury history. I know that there was, you know, people that probably didn't feel very strongly about him early in his career. There was some maturity issues and things like that that, he had to deal with and battle through, and uh, some you know people were quick to take shots at him. But uh, you know, seems like he has gotten to a place in his career where he's he's trying to finish out strong. It just you know kind of sucks that it, it had to go this way for him. So if you want to watch sports, this is a great spot. Bar Canada inside the D. We're here uh, the next couple of Mondays, and they'll tell you you know come on down. We love hockey. We're gonna have the hockey sound on, but everything we they they play everything here. Right, Major League Baseball, the NBA. We had a, a grand old time uh, watching the NCAA tournament down here. It's for all sports fans. So I thought this one was interesting in Cincinnati. Quote, if anyone wants to watch an NBA game, don't come to Linney's Pub. Jay Linneman, owner of a Cincinnati pub. said, we will not air the NBA until LeBron James has been expelled from the league. Stick to bartending, bro. I, that's you saying that, I love this. I love this so much. Yeah. Protest. Protest. Do what you want. In every state, we should have the right to flex our muscle and protest. If you don't like something or you don't like someone and you want to send a message... That is as about a, you know, as 
American as it gets. Yes, no one's going to come in and arrest you because you're not showing the NBA. Now, you may have lost customers. You may have gained customers. But you do what you want, Lenny. I love it. I mean, clearly I used my sarcastic voice when I was like, stick to, stick to bartending, bro. Like, yeah, of course. Do what you want. I, I like that you do this instead of doing it when I come in. I, I've gone to bars. I know one in Chicago in particular where it's like, come here, watch all sports, and then you get there, and they're like, we don't show MMA. It's too violent. And you're like, then it's not all sports. And also, football is very, very violent. So what are you talking about? But, like, let me know that you're going to be ignorant and not show NBA, and I'm fine. Then I don't have to go in there. But you're right. This is the way to do it. Like, this is the way to take a stand if you want to take a stand and you feel like this is important. If you feel like people shouldn't speak out about people getting murdered, okay, take your stance, bro. That's fine. Totally acceptable. I love it. Take a stand. Yeah. So we can all do it. Sure. You know, you have. Pl- I'm sure there are places you frequent and don't frequent. You know, based on whatever, whatever experience, or if you know, you find something out. Eh, we all have the right to do that. So well, usually, good, if good, the good for you, Lenny. Usually, if the food's no good or the service is bad or something, it's, right, it's that'll that. generally but, be it. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's, I'm going to go to this place because they don't show NBA games. Like, okay, fine. Some people may do it. He may gain. This could be a good pub stunt. For oh yeah. Sure. Oh, I think there's definitely probably people that. Wouldn't go there because they're not showing NBA, and I think there's plenty of people that say, yeah, that's what I want. I want to go there. UFC this weekend. Great event. It was a great event. Awesome. but One of the best ones ever. For you, much of Saturday can be described as, and frankly, this is Dana White, at times in dealing with the media. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, t- right? <laughs> Telling me. So here's how it started, at least from the outside, and Adam can give the, uh, the inside dope on this. They got a, a big event. It's their first event with fans down in Jacksonville. There's a reason they chose Jacksonville, because uh, Jax and the state of Florida were much more open to holding events, just period, without fans. Uh, way back in May at the beginning of the pandemic. So Dana White said, you know what, I'm bringing an event back. Jacksonville is going to be the the first spot. Now, we are getting an event. We're getting a bigger event. We're getting probably the biggest event of the year, another McGregor fight on July 10th in our opening. We're opening a little slower than the state of Florida. So Dana was not happy with what? Over what? Well, he says the story. Uh, he really wasn't happy with the lead to the story. Um, I, we talk about this all the time, but people don't actually read things and don't pay attention, and it, they overreact to a headline or a lead or that sort of thing. Um, I would agree fully that taken out of context, the lead to the story was pretty over the top. Right. For a reason. Right. For a reason. The, uh, the tweet he sent out was, hey, Las Vegas, this is our piece of S local newspaper. Through this entire pandemic, we didn't lay off a single employee. We worked with governmental agencies in Nevada and around the world to put on every event safely. We chose to bring our biggest fight of the year to Las Vegas. That's interesting. We appreciate that. Yep. Although I would argue this is... The fight capital of the world. Sure. They also have a deal they forged 
a while back, right? Yeah. So they, they kind of have to bring big fights here. actually obligated right. to bring fights to T-Mobile, sure. He says, with Conor McGregor back to town July 10th to help relaunch the city. Same night, there'll be 60,000 people at the, uh, at the Al for Garth Brooks. Yet, this is how the Las Vegas Review-Journal shows its support for a true local business. Go after yourself, LVRJ, and don't bother coming to the fight in July. So, right out of the gates, before we tell all the backstory, I assume you guys are not covering. Is that UFC 264? And yep. you're not allowed to go. I guess or have right, things changed? I guess for right now, I'm, I'm not allowed to go. Okay. I so, you're laughing. This feel this, like I'll be there. This turned into a, uh, and I understand, like, 1% of 1% of people in our audience know anything about this tweet. You don't care. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that one of our premier local sports organizations is really angry at the newspaper and is saying, don't cover our events anymore. So there must have been something that's developed since then. But the beginning of it, what did you write that got him so mad? So the gist of the story, just so people know, like the lead was at least 15,000 people are willing to risk, risk death or permanent injury to attend a live sporting event on Saturday. Very over the top. Very. For a reason. That's what it says on the ticket. On the ticket to go to UFC in Jacksonville, the first fight back, it says you agree that you are risking death or permanent injury to go to the fight. Now, what the story was, was saying, despite all this over-the-top language that you have to see on the, on the ticket, People immediately sold it out and were very fired up to go. And then it's very cool that the event is going to happen. But if you just read the lead, you don't get all of that. Like the story was talking about how Dana White was saying it's one of his, one of his best moments in his career to be able to bring fans back and be the first one. It quoted Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida as saying, you know, we're open and we'd like other, other organizations to come here too. Like the story was about how, hey, listen, in this, and it said – like, don't overreact to the wording on the ticket. That's just legalese. That's standard, and it's going to happen on every ticket that you have now going back to events before the pandemic is completely over. And it was it was a very neutral story about fans coming back and how cool it was. And I was very excited to see fans back. But when you take just the lead out of context and post it, yeah, I can see how people think that's over the top. What's, the, pur- sure. what's the purpose of a lead? Uh, so the main, that people, the main, the main purpose, because a lot of people in the world, uh, we've learned this through research, will read a headline and then maybe the first sentence. But if you get their attention, they'll see it. Like I'll, I, I was thinking of this example because somebody asked me like that doesn't really understand journalism and that sort of thing, and somebody else called it clickbait. A lot of people did. No, if you're reading the lead, you've already clicked. What are you talking about? That's insanity. So the lead, what the lead is, is you don't want people to click into the story and then just read one sentence and say, all right, I understand the story. But if you read that sentence, I would think that you would want to read the rest of the story. That's pretty shocking. Like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Like, I, I was using the example because I said somebody was asking me, like, I don't understand how you'd go from this to explaining it differently in the rest of the story because they were like, the story was very, like, pro-crowd and very neutral, but the lead was very negative. And I said, no, it wasn't. This is what happens. And I said, Let's say Tom Brady went 41 of 42 in a, in a football game. I might write a lead that says, like, Tom Brady dropped back to pass, threw the ball, it landed in the dirt, and bounced to the receiver, you know, on, you know, on this throw in the third quarter. 
That was the only bad throw he had all day as he completed every other pass and had the best game of his career. Like, that, that's a lead. That's what it does. It gets you involved in the story, and then you say, wait, what? Oh, okay, I get it now. That's a, that's, and I, that's a lead. And I will say, if you're a lazy or untalented writer, then you just write a straight lead. Tom Brady had a great game. Yeah, no kidding he did. Why would I read the rest of the story? I understand that he had a great game. Yeah. So, like, it's just amazing. And the lack of people. Here's the other thing. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I will guarantee you that all these people, because I, I, between voicemails, which are horrific, if people understood the voicemails that were coming can in. We, can we play them? Can I record them, or is there a legal problem with it? I'll have to find out, yeah. maybe. Um, I, well, there, it, somebody's going to have to spend hours beeping them, uh, so that'll be fun. We have a vast sound That's crew. true. Um, between voicemails, emails, Instagram po- messages, because people found my Instagram because he posted this on Instagram as well and just harassed me like crazy on Saturday. Between all those things and Twitter messages, it was over 4,000 messages that I got, and I think – 90% were just vile and nasty. As you said, I think responses to Dana were pretty even. Some were like, all he did is quoted your disclaimer. Your own disclaimer, yeah. Some, some were, and, and a lot of people understood, like, hey, if you read the story, it's actually pretty fair. Um, but then people that s- seeked me out, because Dana did not mention me in the tweet, people that seeked me out from finding the story were so vile and vicious and over the top. And I promise you they didn't read the story, because guess what? As we've talked about in the past, and yes, I'm about to say this, which is a huge mistake after what I went through this weekend. My story in the paper has my cell phone number. And guess how many people called it? Zero. Because nobody actually read the story. Oh, my God. Nobody read it. They called. They, le- they had to look up my number at the paper and call that number, which isn't listed in the story. <laughs> my cell phone number is listed in the story. Yeah. So if you read the story, you would, you would have called my cell phone. That's amazing. But they didn't. Yeah. So that tells me nobody actually that was upset so, about this read the story. And that includes people who repurpose the story and send yeah. it out looking to send you know, some angry folks your way. They didn't read the story. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. So that, te- that tells me all that I is, need to know. That is amazing. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so all you had to do was read the story, and then you would have called my cell phone number, and you didn't. So that tells me all I need to know. And so, but then so when, on Saturday night when I was like, and this is 100% true, watching the fights and covering them and saying it is very, very cool. Now, I, did I think it was too early to come back? Yeah, probably two or three weeks. That's about it. I, I think they should be having full events in a few weeks. It maybe is a little bit early. But I wasn't, like, outraged that they were coming back. I was just pointing out what was going on. I, I, I will say the disclaimer is kind of alarming. Sure. Like, when you look at it, you're like, I. And that was the other thing. Uh, and, again, we were just talking about uh, – the president of the UFC, Dana White, got all mad at the RJ intern. I mean, everyone assumed he's mad at Adam Hill because Adam wrote a story about the disclaimer that was on the ticket would basically removed any liability from them. If you get COVID and you get really sick, including death, they are free of any penalty. Right. It, that, it, it's, we understand, that, that was the other thing. Uh, there were so many people who were like, doesn't he understand this is all legal? Yes. There's a line in the story yes, that says legalese. this is just standard legalese. It says it in the story. You absolute idiots. So but is. just read it. But but it's it, the whole thing is so crazy. And it was it, like, listen, I have thick skin. It sucked. This weekend sucked. It did. It was awful. Like some of the stuff that people said and like researched my family and said things. Screw you. Like that's ridiculous. But and it sucked. It did. Uh, but it, it was fine. Like it, it got through it and it was fine or whatever. But, like, man, it just annoys me that, like, I did put a lot of work into that story. Please read it. Don't just react to the, right. to the lead and be crazy. Like, 
it's just it's insanely frustrating. On the way back, we'll play Dana White's apology. Uh, and if Adam and the paper are going to actually cover the UFC event here, I would think you would, but I don't know if you're allowed to. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Bar Canada, inside the D. So we'll answer the question, uh, July 10th, UFC. You're like 99% sure you're covering it, right? You're not banned from the event. I mean, or is this a, a decision, which we don't have to get into, which is above your pay grade? That's still be de- to be decided. Because, I, I mean, I could, see, I could see people there being like, well, let's think about this. I mean, if... I don't want to, like. Or you I, can say you can't answer. That's fine. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I should. I mean, let's just don't, say. Don't don't you don't have to. I may, so cover, so, I may cover the event this weekend. So it's so it's up, so it's, up, it's up in the air. We'll see. Sure. Uh, here's what Dana White had to say after the event. I think clearly, uh, my guess is that you spoke to him, but uh, clearly he wanted to absolve you of blame after getting you got just ripped all day long. And again, folks, if you're just tuning in, I know it's like you know one percent of one percent of the audience that cares about these media beefs. But Dana White tweeted out he was all mad at the newspaper for writing about. His disclaimer, he didn't like the lead in the story. He sent out a picture that just clipped part of the story. No link, so almost no one, well, people who went through his site didn't go and read the story unless they made the extra effort. But this was after the event. On, on the Review Journal today. I went in on the Review Journal, and let me say this to you guys. I, I think a lot of us here like Adam Hill and are friends with Adam Hill, and uh, I did not say Adam Hill, right? Okay, but you have to know when you send out a story and – the lead is there, and it says by Adam Hill. People are going to go look up the <laughs> right. author. And, right. you know, there's just there are people who are fired up to defend the things they like vehemently, and they did it. So he's got he's to know that they're going to connect it with you. I mean, most people out there don't, uh, don't look at a newspaper. Well, you know, Dana will explain it here. They don't look at a newspaper and, and know much beyond the writer that there are other people involved in the process. Because I know that you all have arrogant, smug <laughs> editors, pompous ass editors who write your headlines for you sometimes and you know some of the other bull that goes in there okay i, I didn't like the end of that because it said bs fake news sure um so if you want to if you want to defend your paper i thought that was you know i don't it, know it, if you're i don't know if your editors are pompous i want to be clear i don't think his issue was with the headline i think it was with my lead and that's fine and again as right. i said the lead taken out of context is insane it's insane, but it's not supposed to be taken out of context. It's part of a whole story. That's that's the point of this. So uh, I thought it was unfair to attack my editors. Like it's not like they told me to like go be controversial. I I was looking for an entrance point into this story. I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was I thought it would catch people's eye, and then they would read the rest of the story, which was not negative. Uh, clearly, I was wrong because if you put the lead out on its own, people are going to do that. And my assumption from hearing Dana say that was. He was tagged on a lot of the stuff that I was tagged on, and he saw how bad it got. And we do have a relationship, and I think he probably felt bad to some degree <laughs> that this happened, like some of the vile stuff that was said. Um, so that's that's probably what was going on. But I want I do want to make it clear, like the issue I believe is with the lead and being out of context. But I think it's with the lead, and it's me. That's me. That's not editors. That's not anybody else. Headlines and stuff like yeah, there there is like a weird world that people think we write our headlines and stuff. It's not true, but the lead is mine, and that's what the problem was. And so go after me. Don't go after the editors, but 
Don't go after me on Twitter, please. <laughs> Enough. All right, keep going. It, it just pissed me off that the day of the fight to read that in my own hometown newspaper, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, dirty. I thought it was dirty. I thought it was a low blow. You know, listen, at the end of the day, people can write whatever they want. So can I. True. Very true. No problem with that at all. And I would say thanks for reading, but I, I, like, I don't think Dana's – I think he's too busy to actually read the story. I think he read the lead because somebody sent it to him. And, and I get why you – I totally get why – like if, if he didn't read the story, if somebody sent him a picture of the lead and said, look what they wrote, I would be that furious too. Like, I might go find the story and read it, but I would be that furious, you, you, too. You would. Go. I, I would. You would go read would. the story. But I did. It was That was my first inclination. I'm like, oh, I wonder what the rest of the story said. It was a good story. I thought so. It was a good path. It actually <laughs> it, so. it, it, you know, it told a story uh, in some ways of a victory. Yeah. You know, they deserve a pat on the back. They yeah. got the job done. There are th- things along the way you can criticize, but I, I will say I was – I'm not shocked that they had a disclaimer like that, but when you actually read it, you're like, wow, the disclaimer actually says we are not responsible if you catch COVID, and that includes death. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But they got to they put that in there, but to see it, you can't get mad if, if, you put a, if you write a disclaimer and then a media outlet says, hey, this is a story, this disclaimer is a story. It is. You can't get mad at them for reporting the story. And, and I, like I said, I said in the story – don't, like, don't overreact to this disclaimer. This is legal. This is just standard legalese. This is what we're dealing with now. Like, it says that in the story. The, the, the whole thing was, listen, I, I understand where everybody was coming from. I understand why Dana was mad because he saw the lead, and that is excessive and over the top. I get that part. If you don't read the rest of the story, all those things are fine. I don't understand what you were doing with your life that you have to go attack people, especially when you didn't actually read a story. But that's what, that's what social media is, so it's, it's fine. Uh, we'll hit more of this later on tonight. 10.30, we've got the uh, Smarter Than You, aptly named, right? Uh, Adam Hill and JVT have their podcast tonight, so they'll get into uh, more of the behind-the-scenes stuff. For us, let's get back to the uh, the mainstream sports and the stuff you guys really care about. NFL on the way, pro football focus, and we're going to talk to George Shiruri, who uh, I want him to react to a really interesting ESPN.com story that basically lays out that, man, these guys are going in, these personnel people and GMs, they don't have the information they need, the information they get in a normal year. There could be some wacky picks. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at Bar Canada inside the D. Adam Hill across the way, Bar Canada. Is the location tonight. More Vegas Golden Knights talk later on. This is a hockey bar. We talked to Derek Stevens. He sat down with us for a good 20 minutes here at the D. He's the owner of the D and the Circa and Golden Gate and everything else. Seemingly everything else downtown. Not everything. Um, I thought that was pretty forthcoming when we were talking about how aggressive his book is. And he actually said uh, there's some real player EV on what they posted. Because they posted 100 individual over-under player props to the NFL draft. You're going to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, people did. I mean, yeah. we don't know if it's, they're going to win yet. It's been, it's been slammed to the point where you've had players move, uh, you know, 70 and like 60 spots, some of the guys, where they put the number. George Rury is into betting this draft. He covers the draft. He's from PFF.com. Right now, if you go up there, you put in draft 30, and you're going to get 30% off your subscription. How you doing, George? 
I'm, I'm doing as well as I can be right now uh, for someone who is who covers the sport, who works. I'm unbiased, but I'm also from the Bay Area. I'm a <laughs> Niners fan, uh, so I'm yeah. doing as well as that person can be doing. Yeah. So uh, what are you what are you thinking right now? Do you have any clue who they're taking? I don't. Um, I said last night. I actually. Uh, I, I put in a sizable investment on Trey Lance, a three to one. Um, I thought that was, and it's moved a, a sizable amount, um, you know, since then. So I feel good about that. I, I, I do agree that the favorite being Mac Jones makes, makes some sense. I still would argue that it's probably not as clear as the markets would have it. I think he's around minus 300. I think it's probably more of a, know closer to a pick there and I, I just keep coming back to i really don't believe that shanahan or lynch have told anyone anything so i think it's a lot of speculation uh, by people that generally have sway and may know more with other teams in other situations but in this situation i just have to believe what we've seen from lynch and shanahan is that no one knows i i agree with that sentiment i just wonder if you do you believe the the report that okay they don't know who they're picking but they know who they're not picking in Justin Fields like that seems weird to me. It seems really weird to me, and I, you know, I never want to um, I never want to become a conspiracy theorist, but I do find it very interesting that the New England Patriots are simultaneously, you know, being uh, rumored to be moving up for a quarterback. You know, um, so. I, I don't know um, if I would read as much into that as as maybe you want to because it's you know kind of sensational. Um, look, I can I can understand why they wouldn't pick him, and I can understand as well why they would have already decided who they're picking. But based on what you know, Shanahan said today said I'm good with five different guys at pick number three. <laughs> So, you know, if you're going to believe anything he's saying, you know, that would mean that he's still considering, I would assume, maybe maybe Justin Fields is his sixth guy, who knows. Um, but you would believe that probably Fields is in that group. Uh, I want to get into so many other things, but just real quickly, do you think the epilepsy thing has anything to do with it? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I think if it does, you're... Um, if it does, you're making mountains out of molehills, and you probably shouldn't be evaluating quarterbacks in the NFL if that was what swayed you one way or the other. So a lot of intrigue at three. We're very interested in it. We'll see what that does to four. My theory is if it is Mac Jones at three, the Falcons pick gets much more valuable at four because somebody would probably be very interested in trading up to get either Fields or Lance there. Uh, do you think the Falcons trade out of that, or is the Julio Jones rumors now say that hey, they need to go get Pitts or Chase or somebody else to catch the ball? That's so interesting because my initial reaction to the Julio news this morning was, oh, they are considering taking a quarterback because trading Julio for a second round pick is basically saying, you know, we're we're kind of building for the future here, you know. Whereas a team, you know, that's really trying to win it right now, they're not. You're not getting rid of Julio Jones, right? Because that second round pick not coming close to Julio Jones. Huh. Um, so, man, it, it was really. And then, of course, you think about it. You go, okay, but then if they keep Matt Ryan, they'll have to replenish the receiving core a little bit. And I actually think if you are to trade Julio, it might make sense also to trade back 
and you'll probably still be able to acquire a top wide receiver. It might not be Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, um, but you'll still be able to get a really good wide receiver to help Matt Ryan and a bunch of picks to help replenish. Um, personally, if Justin Fields is there, I'm taking Justin Fields, and I'm doing cartwheels all the way up to the podium. Um, so I think there's a chance, and I think one of the reasons I'd also um, you know, buy that is first-time GM, you want to make a splash, right? And, and you're probably never going to have a chance to pick at four or pick a quarterback of Justin Fields' caliber going forward, especially if Matt Ryan's your quarterback. Well, what, I mean, I think for – I'm working on my final mock draft right now, and I think what I'm going to have is uh, if Jones – I just I still can't comprehend Jones going three, but if Jones does go three – that the Broncos trade up to four to get Fields, and then the the Falcons could still get a pass catcher at nine. Like I think that would be a pretty solid draft for them. I think it'd be great. And and you know Kyle Pitts, everyone you know is enamored with him, and he's special. And I think it is a wise reminder. And some GMs know this better than others that you just are not as certain as you wish you could be with prospects. There is a ton of variance. It's just the nature of the draft. There aren't going to be five Hall of Famers selected in the top ten in this draft. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. So you are wise to flip the coin more times than to be really confident that you know which side the coin is going to land on. That's just a fact. It's proven throughout history. And if you get Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith instead of Jamar Chase, you know, it's not that bad, especially if you have another pick that is very likely combining with the other wide receiver going to be more valuable than Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts would be. As hard as that is for people to comprehend, that is the simple fact of the matter when it comes to looking at the math. George Ruri with us from uh, Pro Football Focus, pff.com, and you can uh, enter Draft 30. You get 30% off a uh, subscription. I think that's any subscription, right, George? It's any subscription. I will mention PFS Edge is $40 a year generally, so $28 for the whole year gets you the draft guide, and PFF Elite, it gets you the draft guide, all the stuff in edge. It's a little more expensive, but it sets you up for next year because it gives you the player props tool, the betting dashboards, the DFS optimizer. It, I can't live without player props personally, so I'm just you know I'm just letting the people know I'm doing my due diligence. But yes, any subscription you get thirty percent off. I want your take on this statement, and maybe I'm overreacting, just in terms of how to bet the draft because I think I'm going to go for a lot of reaches and some value based on this. Uh, on an ESPN.com story, it said uh, a scout from a 2020 playoff team said, quote, it's going to be a crazy-ass draft. Just watch. After the 12th pick, I feel like it's going to be wild, wild west regarding who teams pick. Less interaction, you know, with the, sc- the scouts have like, vastly different grades. It uh, also says less interaction means less group think and more surprises. So when I get a chance to bet each team and what position they take, should I be going for, like, the third or fourth choice? What should I do? Yeah, that's a great question. I am of the mind that for most of these, I'm looking for plus prices. Um, Because I just don't think anyone knows as much as they wish they did or they have in the past. And uh, so I'm with you there. I think there's a lot of value in that. I think there's a lot of value in looking at players with, you know, some some draft props. Like, here's one that I might look at. Um, Eric Stokes is over under right now, 41 and a half. I like the under there, I think, based on a couple of things, but primarily his athleticism was fantastic. You know, plays a position that is premium. There's not, it's not a particularly deep draft at defense, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. 
um, a guy who actually I think his number has already moved based on the podcast we had with Evan Silva last night, but Jalen Phillips. Uh, we both talked about him being the first defender off the board. I think his draft prop position was 21 and a half. Um, so the, the two things my advice to people would be to, you know, there is a lot of value out there. And go listen to people who do their homework. Evan Silva's a great one. PFF's a great resource because all 32 teams subscribe to our data and you might be able to, you can find players that the, the general public is not talking about who have performed really well. Um, and those things can combine to make you a lot smarter of a better than you would be just, you know, reading Adam Schefter's tweets, for example. Um, because I do think you're right. There is a lot of value out there, particularly when people assume they know more than they really do. I'll also say uh, all the podcasts that you guys put out uh, pretty much ruined my day because that's all I do. So I highly recommend listening to those. Uh, but I did want to point, pass along this note to you because I feel like you'd be, uh, you'd be interested in this. Uh, one of the books here in town put up, who will the Raiders pick with their first pick in the draft? And there's eight guys that are co-favorites. And basically <laughs> they're just throwing their arms up like, who the hell knows? I talked to the book director that made the prop just like two hours ago, and he goes, they took Clee Furl fourth. They took David Arnett 19th. Who the hell knows what that team's yeah, going to do? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's a good point. That, who are the players that are, that are in there? Literally have it right in front of me. Elijah Vera Tucker, Christian Derisaw, Tevin Jenkins, Owasu Koromoa, Dylan Radins, Christian Barmore, Quiddy Pay, Micah Parsons, all 12-1. to 1. Wow. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I would bet on the defensive players. <laughs> yeah. I'd pick your defensive player. Uh, that you like most, that you think Gruden got in a room with and vibed with, and I'd roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Something to keep an eye on. There's a ton of options there, though. Uh, so many bets to make, and I, you know, nobody knows for sure, but I, I will tell you guys, Pro Football Focus will help you get prepared for this draft uh, one way or the other. So great stuff, as always, sir, and uh, enjoy the week. I, look, I'm going to try, if you guys want some entertainment, Thursday night, pff.com, draft show will be live. Pick number three is going to happen one way or another. <laughs> and uh, you can watch me either rise to heaven as I levitate or sink into a puddle of tears and tequila. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, George. We appreciate it. Anytime, guys. And I am, I'm getting so fired up for this draft. The betting makes it so much more interesting because you and I both have Justin Fields at three for, like, what, 225, 250? Uh, 250. It's, it's a loser. Okay. Uh, but Mac Jones over – Three and a half. No, nah, it doesn't work. I'll get you an update. I'll get you an update. <laughs> yes, yeah, it switched back pretty badly. Yeah, under three and a half. Mac Jones now minus four hundred. You don't think Trey Lance is in the mix? <sighs> he could be. I mean, I think he is. I, I, I definitely. I mean, they said it's either Lance or Jones now, which I don't really believe that either because Fields to me is the best one. So why would he be the one that's disqualified? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Hanging at Bar Canada inside the D. It's Cofield and Company. Every week on Mondays, we're going to check in with Dave Koken, talk about the baseball weekend, look at the baseball slate coming up. Lots of stories to get into. Dave, how you doing, buddy? Very good. Uh, enjoying uh, what was uh, I, I, I posted on Twitter that at 68, I didn't think I'd ever fall in love again. And then this SoCal baseball rivalry happened. That was amazing weekend uh most most fun i've had watching baseball in a while 
and can't wait for the rest of the Padres-Dodgers matchup. What happened this weekend? What happened to the Dodgers? Well, they they, they do have some holes in the bullpen, and you know nobody's perfect, and they got exposed a little bit this weekend. Padres showed tremendous fight, and the teams are pretty close. I mean, I think the Dodgers are a slightly better team overall, but uh, the Dodgers, uh, they had their problems with the Padres this weekend, that's for sure, and and San Diego was really fired up for these games. This already has the makings of a good rivalry because you got the Dodgers, uh, the Evil Empire, you know, buying much of its team, developing from within as well. Um, the kind of the smugness of the Dodger fans looking down their noses at the Padres fans, so they feel like the underdog. And then you got personalities on both teams, and yeah, it, it blew up this weekend, right, with Tatis and with Bauer. Yeah, and it's going to continue. I mean, this is going to be. I, look, it's not a Red Sox Yankee thing because it doesn't have the tradition, but for right now. I don't think there's a better rivalry in sports than what we're seeing unfolding now between the Padres and Dodgers. Uh, this is going to be must-see TV the rest of the year, and hopefully into October. How good are the Padres in you know the overall rank of Major League Baseball? Oh, they're one of the four or five best teams. I don't think there's any question about that. And and let's face it, if they need to make another move come trade deadline, they're going to do it because they're all in to win this thing right now. Uh, no, they're totally legitimate team. Obviously, they have to stay healthy. Uh, and losing Lamette uh, for at least another little while and maybe longer than that is, is definitely a bit of a problem. But uh, they're deep enough to overcome that, and they've, they've still got more good prospects on the way. You're not a futures guy, but uh, we're here at Circus. I'll run this one by you. Win the World Series. You can actually bet yes, no. Circa has those interesting offers. What do you think? Would you bet? No, I, I well, first of all, I hate tying up my money for that long. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, I don't think there's much value in those. Uh, plus, so play, I Dave, know, I Dave, yes is plus 825. Uh, if you want to be a big baller, the no is minus 1450. Uh, well, I don't know what that current odds to win the world. If they, if let me put it this way. And this is no knock on the circuit because everybody does this. Uh, but if you, why would you take plus 825 <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the other's minus 14? That's a $6 line difference. That's just a stupid bet. Uh, that, that, that's asking to lose money. Yeah, win the NL pennant the, just to get to the World Series. Uh, where the hell is it? Losing it, Dave. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. I'll find it. Oh, there it is. Uh, they are 420 just to get to the World Series. Right. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I don't pay attention. I, I, I almost never bet futures, so yeah, I, I know you I'm don't. really one of, the, one of the worst people to ask about it because I put no work into it at all. Yeah. So I can't give you a good answer. And you do have to put work into it, right? You just can't look at the numbers and go, oh, that's good value off the top of your head. Right. It's the same as, to me, handicapping a daily baseball schedule. I don't just look at it and say, oh, I like that. Right. You know? <laughs> I do like two to three hours of work a night trying to find an edge. Uh, and that, that's what betting's about. I, I, I don't bet for amusement. Never have and never will. What do you think of what Arizona did in the doubleheader from a pitching standpoint? Well, boy, Atlanta's not hitting again. And uh, if Acuna's not hitting, the rest of the team doesn't hit. Um, I think it's a no-hitter, by the way. Uh, that, that, I have a, a big problem with baseball on this. Um, because it didn't go nine innings, it 
not a no-hitter. Well, if, it, if nine innings is the determining factor, then why doesn't Harvey Haddock have a perfect game on his record? Because he pitched a perfect game for 12 innings. It's not, he, not, his, not his fault. This team didn't score any runs. Um, and he eventually lost the game in the 13th inning. But he pitched a nine-inning perfect game. Should be in the record book. Well, by the way, why are they playing seven innings? That's the MLB rule with these double headers this year. Yeah, I guess it's a safety thing, and, and they're, they're caught up, and we need to move the game along, which is why they've gone to the extra inning uh, rule that they have. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, they played seven inning doubleheaders in the minor league forever uh, because getting people to stay in the ballpark for like eight hours is, is not ideal. It's just, I, I have no problem with that. And I love the extra inning rule. I know there were people complaining about it last night. Well, this, you know, this ought to be a. Why? The strategy that was unfolding in those two extra innings was phenomenal. That was great. Oh, we had baseball news today with the Rockies GM gig, and then I, uh, well, the uh, GM stepped down, and then I saw a story saying that uh, it's currently one of the worst jobs out there. Well, part of the reason it's one of the worst jobs out there is that the current general manager, or the, the departing general manager, was, was completely overmatched. <laughs> I mean, he made some really bad moves. Uh, he spent a fortune on relief pitching. Uh, Wade Davis, Jake McGee, uh, Brian Shaw, those guys were all gone. He spent a fortune on Ian Desmond. That didn't work out very well. Uh, they let C.J. LeMahieu go and decided to sign Daniel Murphy. That didn't work out real well. No. You know, you make enough, you make enough bad moves, your organization falls apart. Um, he just wasn't very good at his job. It might not be one of the best organizations to work for, but... He wasn't good, and he'll be better by it's addition by subtraction. Dave Koken talking a little baseball with us here on a Monday. You can listen on Friday nights. We uh, bring back the old D.C. and the Sunshine Man a lot of Friday nights. We have uh, Willie Ramirez, excellent reporter from the AP, with us as well, and we had a really good time on Friday as we were reminiscing about uh, some cool stuff around Vegas in the, uh, the 80s. Uh, last couple of baseball points, well, last baseball point, if I made the argument right now, it's very early on, that I still think the Twins are better than the Giants. Their records uh, right now aren't even close. I think it's like a six-and-a-half game gap. Yeah. The Twins are a better team than the Giants. What do you say? On paper, they're supposed to be. But the Twins are, are getting production from like three guys, and that's it. The bottom of the order has been a disaster. And their relief pitching, which was really good last year, isn't. The Giants are making the most out of their roster. I know Gabe Kapler drew a lot of uh, negative reviews when he was in Philadelphia. He's done a great job in San Francisco. There's nobody in baseball who uses his roster more than the Giants do. Everybody plays every day, and it seems to be working. they got great chemistry, and they're outperforming their abilities with the team. Last one, Dave. Uh, more along the uh, D.C. and the Sunshine Man show that we used to do. You know, you were a big boxing guy 15 years ago. You're not so much anymore, and I know you're really pissed because this is another bad sign for boxing that uh, Jake Paul and maybe Logan Paul, who may fight a – exhibition against Floyd, they're actually overshadowing real boxers. Well, and if that's, if that's what your sport is all about, then you've pretty much had it as a mainstream sport. Um, they, they got kicked to the curb by the UFC a long time ago. It's not even news anymore. Uh, UFC is the main fighting sport. Boxing is a poor relative. Damn. Are you mad at the Paul brothers? No, I'm, I'm not mad at them. Yeah. I'm mad at boxing. I'm mad at boxing for what they did to themselves, uh, because yeah, they're all, they've been their own worst enemy for 30 years, 
and apparently are unwilling to learn any lessons about how to promote their sport. Dave, good spot. We'll, uh, we'll see you on Friday night. Sounds good, Steve. Take care. There he is. Wagertalk.com. Wagertalk.com is where you get all of Dave's gambling stuff and loves baseball, so we have him on each Monday to talk a little bit of baseball. we got a great contest going on right now up until Wednesday. LVSportsNetwork.com. It's Drafting for Doe. It's brought to you by the DeHart team and Nova Home Loans, giving away $1,000 in cash, a $250 gift card to the Raiders Image Store. You make picks for the first 17 selections in the draft. There's a drop-down menu. you got plenty of options. Whoever does the best, uh, best through the 17 picks, you get a chance to win $1,000 in cash, 250 bucks from the Raiders Image Store. Uh, well, it's a gift card. Free. It's all, it's all free to get in. So enter lvsportsnetwork.com. you got to be in by this Wednesday. It's open to Nevada residents uh, 18 or older. There's rules up on the site. lvsportsnetwork.com. And thanks very much to the DeHart team and Nova Home Loans for our Drafting for Doe contest. Visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.